All right, so we'll say good morning. Let us begin. I want to begin by thanking our sponsors to thank our Tamutora sponsors for the month of Shvat. To thank the Elbaum Mishbacha for dedicating all of the Shi'urim and Drashos this month in memory of Jerry Elbaum, Yaakov Koppel, Ben Avram Menachem, loving father of Avron, Sean, Judah Elbaum, and loving husband of Shirley Elbaum. May his memory be a blessing and remain eternal in our hearts. Truly beautiful. And to thank you to Mrs. Bracha Strimber for dedicating all of the Shi'urim and Drashos this month in memory of her husband Avi Strimber, Avram Ben Kalman Eli Ezra on the occasion of his ninth yard site. We hope that in the merit of our Tamu Torah, the Nisham will have an Aliyah and the family in We thank all of our all of our sponsors for their generosity and for their dedication. With that, let us begin. So Baruch Hashem, we have a lot to do today. Today's daft is Nun Hey 55. We are picking up on Nodalit on the base. We're just going to pick up again at the Gemara. Because that's, we left off a couple of lines into it, but just for the sake of clarity, we'll begin with the Gemara. We're going to be a little bit like, uh, go a little bit quickly today, Merit Hashem, to pick up some pace, but Merit Hashem will see some incredible sugyas. So remember again, the Mishnah on Nandalur Amad Beis spoke about the, the concept of Malacha on Tishabov and explained that whether or not one does Malacha on Tishabov seems to be a matter of Minog. But yet the Gemara said, in all places, do not do Malacha on Tishabav. And Abshim Gamil said a person should make himself into a Talmud Chacham. Good. So says the Gemara as follows. Says the Gemara, Amr Shmuel, in Tainas Sibar Bebavel, Ela Tishabav Bilvad. So Shmuel said, there is no Tainas Sibar. There are no public fast days in Babel except for Tishabav. So we explained this yesterday that the Tainas Sibar, the public fast days to which the Gemara refers, our fast days which were declared because of a lack of rain. But in Bavel Baruch Hashem, there were no, there other problems, but there were no problems with rain. Plenty of rainfall. The only, therefore, public fast day that existed in Bavel was Tishbab Lameimra. The Savar Shmuel Tesbab Ben And here's what's interesting. A tiny seaboard, interestingly enough, has its own. Remember, those those of you who are with us from Masechus Tainus in the last cycle, Amir Tashem, we'll, we'll get back to it, not, not even so far from now. So we'll, we'll see that Amir Tashem, that actually we'll see this in today's DAP as well. There were six fast days, a total of six potential fast days over rain. They were split up into two groups of three. The first one, each of them possessing different levels of severity. We'll actually touch on this a little bit today. But one of the interesting things about a tiny seabor for rain is that the fast day would begin the day, the night before, the night before, but it would even go into Ben Ashmashas. So in other words, the fast day would begin at Ben Ashmashas. Now that's so, so pretty much, which we'll say just for our purposes, means, you know, pretty much close to Shkia, right? Uh, at sunset, because again, there's a whole lot we saw, we remember again from our days in Brachas, there's a whole discussion regarding when exactly Ben Ashmashas is and what exactly the status of Ben Ashmashas is. But the idea the Gemara is saying is that by calling Tishabov a Tainis Tzibor, that would indicate that Ben Hashmashas is Asr as well. It says the Shmuel really hold that Ben but Shmuel said Ben Hashmoshes really only starts at Seis. Ben Hashmoshes is going to be Mutter. The Chitema Kasavar Shmuel called Tainisir Ben Hashmoshes Shalom Mutter. Maybe Shmuel holds in general that by a Tainisir public fast day Ben Hashmoshes is Mutter. It's not true. Vahanan Tana we learned 
Ochlin v'shosimi ba'od yom. You're allowed to go ahead and eat and drink while it's still day. Lemi'utemai. Now, what does that come to exclude? In other words, what part of the day does that come to exclude from the tainis? Lav lemi'utemai. It must come to exclude. Ben Hashmashas to tell you that a fast day, a tainis sibur, only begins at seis, not the Ben Hashmashas. Lo lemi'utemai shecha shecha. No, it actually comes to exclude anything before nightfall. Neymar m'sayele. Let's support this idea. In ben tishibab liyom ha'kipurim. It's very interesting because the Brisa says over here there is no distinction between Tishabav and Yom Kippur except Suffolk. Suffolk Yom Kippur is Aser, Suffolk Tishabav is Mutter. Now, now, what does that mean? So, interestingly enough, Rashi tells us over here. So, Rashi says what it means is Sveiko literally means let's say you're not sure which day it is. Right, you don't know. You don't. You don't know what day. Right now, so therefore, you'd have technically you'd have to observe two days of Yom Kippur because it's Safek Daraisa of the Chumra. Now, I will say we happen to know the Gemara explicitly discusses this, right? Because this is an obvious problem. We keep two days of Yom Tiv outside of Chutz Laaretz. So, if that's the case, in reality, why don't we keep two days of Yom Kippur? Right, it would make sense. To which the Gemara already says, impossible. You just you can't do that. You just can't do that. That is not a That's essentially That's legislation that the general populace cannot sustain. So interestingly enough, so Rashi seems to see that's what it's saying. Tulsus, interestingly enough, says it's about a different kind of case where a person is traveling, they get lost. Remember again, we saw this case. We saw this in Mesech Shabbos regarding Shabbos. Let's say a person is traveling and they lose track of time. So when Shabbos? So we'll say, so remember again, we had a machlokis. What was the machlokis, remember? Right? Do you say today Shabbos and then count off from there, or do you count off seven and then make the seventh day Shabbos? We so find like the latter opinion: count seven days and then count Shabbos. If you're traveling, you're lost. Tosa says, and you don't know which day is Yom Kippur, so you'd have to keep two days. Tosa's posits from that. Okay, so the Gemara says, "My sveik mutter." So what does it mean that sofek is mutter? So above, lav ben Does that not come to include that halacha lemaisa? Actually, I got a little bit ahead of myself. My, so what, what does it mean, Sveiko Mutter? What does it mean ultimately that the Suffolk of Tishabav is Mutter? Does that not mean Ben Hashmashas? Because Ben Hashmashas is Suffolk Yom, Suffolk Laila. The calendar. That's what I'm sorry, that's what I was mentioning before. Rashi says over here, So we'll say, so that's something Rashi over here says. What it means is, if you're not sure about when Bezin was in the Kaddish, the Chodesh, Technically speaking, you'd have to keep two days of Yom Kippur. Tosa says that's not true. That's why Tosa's posits that it's talking about the case of a guy who gets lost in the desert and has lost track of time. We'll say, so therefore, technically speaking, let, let's just put it this way. On a technical level, there is a potential situation where you'd have to keep two days of Yom Kippur. But even if you had some level of date or calendrical ambiguity, you would never have to keep two days of Tisha B'av. For a very simple reason, Tisha B'av, as significant as it is, is Dirabanan. Dirabanan, good. Darash Rava. Rava Darash in the following. Ubros, Umenikos, Misanos, Umashlim as well. We'll say pregnant women, nursing women fast, and they complete the entire fast of Tisha B'av. Kiderach Shemes, Anos, Umashlim, Yom Kippur. In the same way that they fast the entire day of Yom Kippur, and Ben Hashmoshes of Tishabov is Aser. 
That Tisha B'Av already begins essentially at sunset, because once you get to Ben Hashmashas, we don't know the status of Ben Hashmashas. Ben Hashmashas will be Asr Bechin. Arum Mishmed Rabbi Yochanan. And so they said in the name of Rabbi Yochanan. So we'll say here, the Yomar is being a bit more explicit, that Halacha Lamaisa, Tisha B'Av, the fast already begins, while I'll say it as, Ben Hashmoshos of the day before. You, you understand what I mean by that. So for example, if Tisha B'Av is Thursday, so ultimately again, it really starts Ben Hashmoshos of Wednesday night. Did Rabbi Yochanan really say this? Vam Rabbi Yochanan, Tisha B'Av ain't like a tiny sibor. Tisha B'Av is, so Rabbi Yochanan says, Tisha B'Av is not like a tiny sibor. My love la Ben Hashmoshos. Is, when he says it's not like a tiny tzibur, is he not coming to talk about ben Hashmashos? That whereas a tiny tzibur, a public communal fast day, begins ben Hashmashos the night before, Tisha B'av perhaps does not, Tisha B'av maybe doesn't begin until Tzais, to which the Lord says, Lo, lo No, rather it means from Malacha. So Malacha, Tanina, we already learned about Malacha. Makum Shinagul, that says Malacha, Tisha Osin. So we'll say, so again, remember, we spoke about Malacha in the Mishnah, and the Mishnah clearly indicated that the prohibition to do Malacha on, on Tisha B'Av is clearly a matter of Minog. And even Rabbi Yochanan, excuse me, even Rabbi said that everyone should conduct themselves like a Talmud Chacham and not do Malacha on Tisha B'Av that's only because there's no arrogance. We'll talk about this in just a bit. But there's no mechsekiyuhura. There's no arrogance in, in refraining from engaging in work on Tisha. It doesn't look like you're trying to make yourself like a Talmud Chacham. But again, there's no Isser involved in Malacha. There's no Isser. Ela ma'ino kitayna sibur. Rather, I will say, what does he mean when the Bryce says that Tisha B'av is not like a tiny sibur? So we'll say, so we're kind of playing this both sides. On one hand, we're saying Tisha B'av is like a tiny sibur. How so? Just like a tiny sibur, a public or communal fast day begins at Ben Hashmashas, begins, we'll call it at dusk, the night before, so too Tisha B'av will begin at Ben Hashmashas. But yet we're saying now that Tisha B'Av is not like Ben Hashmashas. So what, what does that mean? To which the Gemara says, Elo, Elo, my inokitane sibor, litfila, litfila sneila. Rather, I will say what it means is, whereas this is actually fascinating, we are only accustomed to the concept of neila by Yom Kippur. But in fact, neila was recited by, by, by a tiny sibor as well. So in Aristotle, when they had a fast day for rain, the day would end off with the tefillah of Ni'ilah. Quite incredible. Tisha, when the Gemara says that Tisha B'Av is not like a tiny seabor, there is no Ni'ilah by Tisha B'Av. No Ni'ilah by Tisha B'Av. So the Gemara says, but why isn't there Ni'ila by Tisha B'av? After Rabbi Yochanan said, Halavai, a person should daven the entire day. I will say that's, uh, that's taken from Mesechah's Berachas. Rachi, the Gemara is talking about the concept of Tashlumen, of makeup tefillos, okay? So the Gemara says, rather what it means is, Hasam By a tiny sipur, there is an obligation to go ahead and daven By Tisha B'av, if you want to daven you can, you can, but ultimately, again, there is definitely no obligation to do so. What does it mean? It's not like, what does it mean? Tisha B'av is not like a tiny sipur. So the Gemara says, What it means is for the 24 brachas. 
that whereas on a Tainus Tzibor, you daven a Shemona Esrei with an extra six brachas, that's for a Tainus Tzibor, Tisha B'Av does not have anything like that. Whereas it's true that Tisha B'Av has the insertion of a paragraph of Nachim, but there is no additional bracha. Rapapa Amar Ma Eino Kitayin Sibar. Rapapa says, "What does it mean that it's not like Kitayin Sibar? Eino Kirishonos Elakach Elakachronos Vasura. It's not like the first three, but rather it's like the second three." I both say, "What does that mean?" The f- is going back to what I mentioned before. The first, remember, you have a maximum of six communal fast days for rain in Eretz Yisrael. The first three do not begin at Ben Hashmashos. The last three do, because remember again. The fast days essentially escalate in severity. They go up in severity. The longer, the longer there is no rain, the more severe the fast in Eretz Yisrael, the more severe the need in Eretz Yisrael. Since so the Gemara is suggesting, when it says that Tisha is not like a tiny seabird, it means Tisha is not like the first three. But it's like the last three in that it begins at Ben Hashemashas. Incredible. So I'll say, so just where the Gemara is holding right now, is Tisha B'Av is like a tiny seabor and not like a tiny seabor. It's like a tiny seabor in that what? It begins at Ben Hashemashas. It's not like a tiny seabor in that there is no Ni'ilah, there is no 24 bracha Shmona Esrei. Beautiful. Says the Gemara, Meisveh, in Bein, both say second wide line, Nun Dalam Abdeis. Meisveh, in Bein, Tisha B'Av, Leom, Ekipurim, Elo, Shazes, Veiko, Asur, Vazes, Veiko, Motor. We learned in Abraham, so there is no distinction between Tisha B'Av and Yom Kippur. Except that by Yom Kippur, Suffolk is Asur. By Tisha B'Av, Suffolk is Motor. My, my Sveiko, Motor. Lav, Ben, Ashmash, Shal, So what does it mean, Suffolk? Does Suffolk not refer to Ben, Ashmash, And maybe what it's saying is, whereas Yom Kippur, Ben Hashemoshos is Aser Tisha B'Av, excuse me, whereas by Yom Kippur, Ben Hashemoshos will be Aser, by Tisha B'Av it will be Mutter, to which the Gemara says, Amr of Shisha, Reid Rabidi, Lo, Likviya Diarcha, no, rather we'll say what it means is calendrical ambiguity, calendrical suffix, that in a technical level you could find a situation where you're not sure what date it is, which would then trigger an obligation to keep two days of Yom Kippur, again, Machlokis Rashi Tosas, as we saw before, exactly when that applies, but such a situation would never come up by Tisha B'Av. By Tisha B'Av, there's no such thing as calendrical ambiguity. In other words, you, you fast when you think is the right day, but there would never be an obligation for two days of Tisha B'Av. But for everything else, Yom Kippur and Tisha B'Av are the same. This supports Rabbi Lezer, Rabbi Lezer, Rebelozer says it is, it is prohibited for a person to go ahead and put his finger in water on Tisha B'Av, the same way that it is usher to go ahead and put his finger in water on Yom Kippur. Meaning the same way there's an Isra Rechitza, an Isra Tebev, to wash on Yom Kippur, there's also an Isra to do so on Tisha B'Av, which again, the Yomar's understanding in a more global sense that essentially Tisha B'Av mirrors Yom Kippur in every single way. I will say, even though, of course, you know, they're two dramatically different days, right? Meaning Yom Kippur, the, right, Yom Kippur is one of the happiest days. I know it sounds strange to us because we associate fasting with the morning, but Yom Kippur is a Yom Tif. Yom Kippur is a Yom Tif. Yom Kippur is the happiest day because it is the day of Slichol Mechim V'Chapara. Forgiveness, atonement, cleansing, right, the washing of the slate, Tisha B'Av is all about mourning for destruction. So again, but yet behaviorally, they're very much related. So the Bryce says, there is no distinction between Tisha B'Av and a Tainas Sibur, except that a Tainas Sibur has an Isra Malacha, 
and Tish above his mutter. In a place, of course, where they conduct themselves this way. Because remember, as the Mishnah told us, Malacha on Tishuah was totally dependent on Melagamakum. So I will say, yet for everything else, the Gemara seems to indicate that Tishuah will be the exact same thing as Yom Kippur. To which the Gemara says, And yet by Tainis Sibor we learned, Interesting, by Tainis Sibor, there's a prohibition of Rechitza. But the prohibition of Rechitza is only full body washing. But if you want to wash your hands, your face, and your feet, that's fine. Yet, say, interestingly enough, we know that's not the halacha by Tishabov. Amra Papa, top of Nunhei, Tana Kuli Kuli Katani. Ultimately, you're going to see, you're right, the Gemara over here is only focusing on the ways in which Tishabov was more kal, was, was more lenient, both than Yom Kippur as well as then a Tainis Tzibor. But again, we'll say it is clear from this Gemara that, the, remember, the three groups of fasts, we'll call Tishabov, Yom Kippur, Tainis Tzibor, obviously share a number of similarities, but also share a number of different, or also possess a number of differences as well. Good. Second line. So we'll say, remember again, the Mishnah said, but wherever you go, so, so Malacha on Tishabav is a, is a facet of Minagamakam. So I'll say, but in every place that Hamad Chacham does not do Malachan Tishabab Lameimra. So I'll say, that, and remember, Rabbi Shingham Lil said a person should conduct himself like a Tamad Chacham. Lameimra. Is that to say that Rabbi Shimon Gamil says we are not Choshesh for arrogance? Now, the, the, the concern over here is as follows. The concern over here is that if a person, let's say I live in a place where they do Malachan Tishabab. Now, Rabbi Shigamil is saying, I should conduct myself like a Talmud Chacham and not do Malacha. And not do Malacha. So the, the Gemara says, the Gemara, Rabbi Shigamil, I'm sorry, Rabbi Shigamil says, you conduct yourself like a Talmud Chacham, don't do Malacha. Because it doesn't have, doesn't that have the appearance of arrogance? I'm not a Talmud Chacham. So now, but yet, I'm behaviorally conducting myself like a Talmud Chacham. Does that not, there's a concept in Halacha of Mechsi Ki Yehura. Don't do things that are not fitting for where you're holding. So I'm not a Tamut Chacham, and yet I'm going to conduct myself like a Tamut Chacham on, 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 on Tishabab. Does that not have the appearance of arrogance? So the Gemara Savara Banan Savri, Cheshin Yehura. So I'll say it appears that Rabbi Shechemiel says in general, we're not lo Cheshin Yehura. We're not worried that things look arrogant. Don't, don't worry about, don't worry about how it looks. This is just the right thing to do. Whereas the Rabbanon seem to be concerned about having you engage in a Judaic practice that ha- that creates an appearance of arrogance. We just the opposite. Was a great case. This man, Chassan Amir, Talikros Kriyashma, Laila Harishon Kore. Both say for Chassan. Technically speaking, a Chassan is part of from Kriyashma on the night of his wedding. What's the logic? I will say the logic is the Gemara assumes that he is Tarud the Bias Mitzvah. He's going to be preoccupied with the first act of relations and therefore won't have the requisite Kavana, the requisite concentration for Shema. For Shema. So the Gemara says, yet the Mishnah says that if a Chassan wants to say Shema, he's allowed to do so. Kore. Yet Rabbi says, no, no, no. Just because you want to say Shema 
doesn't give you the right to say Shema. Chazal said, we know you're not going to have the right Kavana. So if we know you're not going to have the right Kavana, then at the end of the day, at the end, you shouldn't say Shema. Shabbos says, interestingly enough, it's just the opposite. So here in our Mishnah, Rabbi Shingham Lila is saying, we're not worried about Yorah. We're not worried about arrogance. The Rabbanon say we are. Yet by Shema, Rabbi Shingham Lila is saying, to, for the Chazan to say Shema, it's arrogant. We're telling you, you don't have Kavana. You're saying you do have Kavana. That's not correct. Whereas the Rabbanon are saying, no, if you think you could have Kavana, go for it. To which the Gemara says, I'm Rabbi Yochanan Mukhlaf Asashita. Rabbi Yochanan said the opinions are reversed. That in fact, Again, it's really Rabbi Shingham Lil who says that you could say Shema, and the Rabbanon who say that you can't, which would then align it with this Mishnah. No, don't go ahead and switch the Shittas. Really, it's not a contradiction. Why? Both say, no, the Rabbanon say like this. If you live in a community where everybody does work on Tisha and you don't do work, that has the appearance of arrogance. Aval Hasam, but in the case of Shema, Kevan de Kuli Amakari, Viihu Namikari, Lo Mexik Yura. So you both say, what, what the Rabbanon say is like this. When is something Mexik Yura? When you are doing something different than the public. So if everybody's working on Teshavav and you don't work, that's Mexik Yura. But by the Kriya Shema case, everyone's saying Shema. Everyone's saying Shema. So if everyone's saying Shema and you decide, you're the Chasin, you decide to say Shema also, that doesn't have the appearance of arrogance. Conversely, is also not contradicting himself. How so? So will say this, in the Kriyashma case, Kriyashma requires Kavana. Kriyashma requires Kavana. But we, but we, and we know the Chasin doesn't have Kavana. He doesn't have Kavana. They will say, to be clear, that's not a, that's not the Shtach against the Chasin. That is just the reality of life. Right? He doesn't have Kavana. So for him to therefore say Shema, that has the appearance of arrogance. But ultimately, again, here, I'll say, even if I live in a community where everybody works on Tishabav and I'm not working on Tishabav, that does not have the appearance of arrogance. Why? Amri Malachahi the Lesle will just say, people don't see me working. They'll just say that what? Silver has no work. He's got no work that day. After all, Pukhazi, go out and look. How many people sit around every single day? And as I will say, the act of being idle, the act of being idle, essentially, the Gemara says, people don't necessarily interpret it as any more than just being idle, right? And therefore, again, it's not Mechsi Kihura. So both say, interestingly enough, these two different opinions. Now, I'll just say how we pass in Allah that ideally one should not do Malacha on Tishabav. If one is able to go and take off from work, one is able to avoid Malacha, that is certainly preferable. If not the whole day, at least until after Chatzos. Because remember again, Tishabav, the morning practices lessen, they diminish after Chatzos. So one should try to avoid Malacha, but if you can, at least after Chatzos. But I'll say, interestingly enough, the Shukham Arach quotes this Halacha, that a chasen is putter from Kriyashma. But yet, I will say, amazingly enough, there is actually sadly enough, the Shulchan Aruch Pasen Shulchan Aruch says that since today, no one really has requisite kavana anyway by Kriyashma. A chasen says Shema even on his wedding night. Interesting halacha, sad halacha, but interesting. Mishnah, let's say we go, Chamon Chamon say, Bihuda Haya Ose, Malacha Ba'ari Psachim Ad Chatzos. 
So the Chachamim said that in Yehuda, in Yehuda, they would do Malacha up until Chatzos on Erev Pesach, or Begaliel, Lo Hayu Osin Kolikar. But in the Galil, they would not do Malacha at all on Erev Pesach. Halayla. So we'll say now, this is fascinating. Up until now, we've been speaking about Malacha on Erev Pesach regarding pre Chatzos, post Chatzos. What about the night before? So we'll say, so just understand the night before is the night of Erev Pesach. So let's say again, let's say Erev Pesach is, uh, is Thursday. So we've already established that again, different minhagim before Chatzos, after, well, after Chatzos is Asr according to everyone as of now. Before Chatzos Milag. What about the night before? So let's say Erev Pesach is Thursday. What about Wednesday night? Are you allowed to do Malacha Wednesday night? Halayla Beishamay Osrim or Beisilomatirim Adonai Tzachama. Beishamay actually says, that really Malacha becomes Asr even the beginning of Erev Pesach at night. The night of Erev Pesach, Malacha is Asr as well. Beis Hillel says, no, you can do Malacha up until Neitzach up until sunrise. Says the Gemara, I don't understand. We'll say, the beginning of the Mishnah begins to talk about Minhag. Right, custom. Right, that ultimately again in Yehuda they did malacha. They did they, they did malacha before Chatzos. In Galil they didn't do malacha at all, which indicates that it's based on Minagamakum. But yet, then the end of the Mishnah when it speaks out the night before uses lashonos like mutter and aser which would indicate that we're not talking about minag, but you're talking about halacha. So which one is it? Amr Rabbi Yochanan, Lokasha, Har Rabbi Meir, Har Rabbi Yehuda. Two different opinions. Two different opinions. The Gemara said this, Sanyo, Amr Rabbi Yehuda, Bi Yehuda, Hayu Asim, Malacha, Ba'aveh, Pesachim, Ad Chatzos. So Rabbi Yehuda says that ultimately again, in Yehuda, they would do Malacha on Erev Pesach, up until Chatzos. Ube Galil, Eino Osin, Kol Iker. But in Galil, they would not do Malacha at all. Amr Meir, Maraya Yehuda the Galil accounts. So Meir says, I don't understand who cares what they do in Yehuda and Galil. In order, that, that's what they do in those particular regions. How does that help us? Ela makom shinagu lasos malacha osin, makom shinagu shalol lasos ain osin. But rather, again, it's based on milagam makom. Now the Gemara says, Midi kamar bimer min haga, mechlad rabbi huda isura kamar. And we'll say, interestingly enough, from the fact that Rabbi Meir frames it as minag indicates that his disputant, Rabbi Huda, understands this to be more a matter of Isser. So we'll say, this becomes quite fascinating now because up until now, we've always been assuming that the matter of Malachan Erev Pesach was simply a matter of minag. Now the Gemara seems to indicate to us that according to Rabbi Huda at least, it seems to be a matter, a potential matter of Isser as well. So the Gemara says, V'sara, second wide line of Bosei, Nunei Medalif. V'sava Rabbi Huda Arbaasar Mutar Basiyas Malacha. Now we'll say, now does Rabbi Huda himself, his personal shita, his personal shita, Rashi points out how we know this Rabbi Huda shita, does Rabbi Huda himself hold that the 14th, that Erev Pesach is mutter ba'asiyas malacha, v'atani we learn. It's an interesting case. Rabbi Huda Omer, ha'menachesh b'shloshas. I was listening to this case. You're weeding your garden. You're weeding your garden on the 13th of Nisan. V'nek Rabbi Yado, and you accidentally pulled up a plant. So you accidentally pulled up a plant. You pulled up a vegetable plant, a vegetable. So what's talacha? Shosla b'makom atit, then shosla b'makom ha'garir. You could replant it in a place, where I'll say tit in this context is wet earth. Wet earth. So you could go ahead and plant it back in wet earth. 
But you should not replant it in dry earth. Now, when do you do that? So, as I said, the idea Rashi points out over here, if you go ahead and plant it in wet earth, it will once again take root faster. If you plant it in dry earth, it'll take longer to take root again, and time is of the essence, as you'll see in just a moment. So the Gemara says, when is this case occurring? Bishloshasar, on the 13th. But you can infer from this, Bishloshasar in, Ba'ar Ba'asar, lo. But you know, on the 14th, you would not be able to do this. So the Gemara says, which it seems to indicate to us why, because on the 14th, there would be an Isra Malacha. To which the Gemara says, to which the Gemara says, um, okay, we, Fine. But we'll say, take, okay, let me tell you this outside because it actually points this out. So we'll say, the issue over here is remember, you want this plant. I, sh- I shouldn't say it's not vegetable. We're going to use grain because we'll say, what's at play over here is as follows. Remember, anything that's been planted since last Pesach is called chadash, right? Chadash becomes permitted with the offering of the Karbana Omer that is done on the second day of Pesach. But in order for something to be permitted, through the Karbana Omer, I mean, for the Chadash produce to become Yashan, it has to have already taken root. So for example, if you plant something new and it has not taken root, even though it's in the ground at the time that the Karbana Omer has been offered, at the end of the day, it's not mutter. It doesn't become Yashan. So in the case over here is I'm weeding my garden or I'm weeding my, my field on the 13th of Nisan. I accidentally pull up grain. So now I need to replant that. So the Gemara says, good, replant it, but replant it in moist soil. Don't replant it in dry soil because if you replant it in dry soil, it will not take root with enough time or it will not take root in time to be permitted with the Karban HaOmer. So the Gemara says, so let, let's analyze. So the Gemara says, in Now obviously this only works, the Gemara is setting this up as a case that occurs on the 13th of Nisan, not the 14th. Now let's analyze. Michti. Rabbi Huda holds that in general, any planting that doesn't take root within three days is not going to take root. Rabbi Huda, if you hold that the 14th is permitted with malacha, so ultimately again, why isn't it enough time to go and plant it on the 14th? right. If you replant it on the 14th, then what do you have? You have 14th, 15th, and at least part of the 16th, right? Remember, yeah, we can say mixim kukula, part of the day counts as the whole. Va'ikar beisar, vechameisar, umixas shisar. So I say, remember again, the Gemara is operating under the assumption here that Rabbi Huda's personal shita is that Erev Pesach is mutter b'malacha. Yet, interestingly enough, we quoted a case over here where you're weeding your field, you accidentally pull out grain. You want to quickly replant it, and now you replant So the Gemara just, Rabbi Huda says, replant it in wet soil, not in dry soil. So that it takes root in time. So the Gemara says, I don't understand. Why, if Rabbi Huda, if you hold that malacha is mutter on the 14th, you could frame this case as happening on the 14th as well. You're weeding your field on the 14th, go out, you've picked up some grain, replanted, and you still have you those only three days for a plant, for a growth to take root, no problem. You have 14th, 15th, right? 14th of Pesach, 15th first day of Pesach, 16th part of the day, that's the day that Kabbalah Omer is offered, and we're good. Amarava Begal Shanu. 
Rabbi said this case is talking about in the Galil, and as we saw already in the Mishnah, in the Galil they don't do malacha at all on Erev Pesach, even before Chatzos. What about the fact that we'll say you could have the night? In other words, we'll say, why don't you set this up as a case of where you did the weeding on the 13th, and you realize you uprooted a grain, a, a grain and you replanted the night of the 13th. So like that again, you have at least the night to the 13th. To which the Gemara says, Rav Shesha is Kebe Shammai. Rav Shesha is because, because we're holding like Beishamai. Beishamai holds that even the night, ultimately again, of Arab Pesach is going to be Asr. I'm going to start the night of the 14th. So the Gemara says, Rav Ashi, Amr the Olam Kebe Silal, Lefi Shein Darker Shalvani Adol, Menachesh Balayla. So we'll say, Rav Ashi says, no, no, even like Beishel, people don't weed at night. It's just not a common case. Ravina Amr the Olam Be Yehuda, we're talking about Yehuda, Ba'ashrasha, Chad Miktas Yom, Kukulo Aminon, Trey mixes kukula la amina. I will say, interestingly enough, when it comes to a plant taking root, we could say mixes yom kukulo, that part of the day counts as the whole. On one day, but you can't say ultimately again that it counts as a whole, uh, that it counts, that mixes yom kukulo for two days. So I will say, so therefore, to go ahead and talk about using it on the 14th and the 16th, ultimately, again, would be, would be problematic. I will say, bottom line for our purposes is that halacha lamaisa, the concept of malachan era Pesach before chatzos, as well as the night before, is going to be minag hamakom. We do not paskin like this stated position of Rabbi Huda that it's going to be a matter of iser, but rather, again, with go with, with, with Rabbi Meir's approach, that it is absolutely, totally, and fully a discussion regarding minag hamakom. Good. Rabbi Huda, Rabbi Meir, I'll say another interesting Gemara, or Mishnah. Rabbi Meir says, so listen to this. Hamiri says, any malacha that was begun before the 14th. So we'll say, if you began a malacha before Erev Pesach, Rabbi Meir says you are permitted to finish it on Erev Pesach. Rabbi Meir says you cannot start a new malacha on the 14th, even if you have the ability to finish it. The Cham Necham say, the Chum say that there are three three malachas or three professions, uh, three omnios, um, um, not profession, uh, yeah, crafts, craftsmen, craftsmen, right? Three craftsmen who are permitted to go ahead and work on Arab Pesach. I will say so. What it sounds like the Chum are saying is, remember, Rabbi Meir said if you started something before Arab Pesach, you could finish it on Arab Pesach, but you can't start any new malacha. On Arab Pesach. I will say, remember again, j- just so th- the sheets flow over here. Remember, Rabbi Meir in the previous Mishnah said, Malachan Arab Pesach before Chatzos is totally based on Minagamakam. Now Rabbi Meir is saying, even if where you live, the Minagamakam is to do Malachan Arab Pesach, you can't start new Malacha. You could finish something that you began beforehand, but you cannot start new Malacha. The Chachamim say that there are three craftsmen who could operate on Arab Pesach. And even go ahead, it sounds like even go ahead and start new malacha. Who are they? And they can work at Tolchatzos. Veiloinachayotin, tailors, saparim are uh, barbers, kovsin are launderers. Rabbiosi, Rabbihuda, Omer, Afratzon, even shoemakers. Even shoemakers. So the Gemara says, Ibailu, so we'll see exactly why those individuals are permitted to operate. So Ibailu, so we'll say, let's analyze Rabbi Meir for just a moment. So we'll say, so here's, remember, here's Rabbi Meir said, any malacha you began before the 14th, you could finish on the 14th. However, you can't start anything new. So now the Gemara wants to understand 
Rabbi Meir, what type of malacha are you referring to? Is Rabbi Meir talking about malacha that is needed for yamtiv? That, in other words, that if you began something that was needed for yamtiv before the 14th, that you could continue that on the 14th. But if you began a malacha, let's say before the 14th, but that malacha was not for yamtiv. In other words, also you began a project, and I don't need that, that project is not, is not to serve me until after yamtiv. Maybe afilu migmar namilo. Maybe you can't finish that era of yamtiv. Maybe the other possibility is. Maybe Rabbi Mary is even talking about, I started malacha on the 13th. That is not for the purpose of yamtiv. And therefore, again, the Mishnah is telling me that I can go ahead and finish it. But if something has to get done for Yamtiv, maybe I could even begin it on the 13th. Old Dilma, the other possibility, on the 14th, sorry. Old Dilma, or maybe Rabbi Meir was just saying in general. It doesn't make a difference whether the malacha is for yamtiv, not for malacha, at the, at the, not, for, not for yamtiv. Ultimately, again, you, go, you could go ahead and finish something that has been started on the 13th, but you cannot start anything new. So both say, so what is the shita of Rabbi Meir? So Tashma, Avalo yaschel b'tchile bar afilu katan, so I'll say on the 14th, the Bryce says you can't even start a small project. Even if you're making a small belt or you're making a hat, a small hat, you can't go ahead and start these on Erev Yamtiv. Maya filu, lava filu, hani in We'll say even these items, a belt or a hat, which presumably would be for Yamtiv, you clearly see that what? If you started it on the 13th or beforehand, you could finish it on Erev Pesach, but you cannot start it on Erev Pesach. Michlal, the Shalolotorach, Migmar, Nami, Logarminon. Which would seem to indicate to Asabosai that something that is not for yumptive purposes, you can't even finish on the 14th. To which the Yomar says, Lo, maybe not, maybe not. Lo, the Olam Shalotorach, Migmar, Nami, Garminon. Maybe not, maybe even if you started something on the, the 13th or beforehand, that's not for the purpose of yumptive. You can finish it up on the 14th. Umaya, Filu, Hani. And why does the, why does the, why does the Bryce include these cases? Hani, Nami, Dezutrinin. We'll say these are very small undertakings, very small projects. To make a belt, to make a little hat, these are easy, small projects. I might have thought that because these are such small projects, you should even be able to start them on Ere Pesach itself. Kamashmalon, no. Kamashmalon, that you can't start it. Tashma, Rabbi Mirah Mermer says, any malacha that is for the purpose of the yamtiv. So the Gemara says, Amad Beis, Gomra Ba'ar You are permitted to go ahead and finish it on the 14th. To which the Gemara says, Amos, when is that true? That you are permitted to go ahead and finish something on the 14th? Amos, Bizman Shehischil Ba'kodim Ar That's when you began it ultimately again. That's when you began it before the 14th. However, Avalo Hischil Ba'kodim Ar but if you did not begin it before the 14th, then ultimately what? Uh, I'm sorry. So you cannot begin it on the 14th. So even if it's a small project, well, so they can be very easily finished. Ultimately, but you see that the, according to Rabbi Mary, the license to finish up open projects on Erev Pesach is only what? 
projects, projects which have a shaykhas tiyamtiv. But if something has no shaykhas tiyamtiv, you can't go ahead and finish it up on Erev Pesach. To which the Gemara says, low, not necessarily. No, it's possible, Abosai, that any malacha that you began before Erev Pesach can be finished on Erev Pesach. And even if halacha lemaisa, even if halacha lemaisa, it's not the tzorach hamoid. Av hakamash malon. What are we coming to be taught? Ta'afil the tzorach hamoid migmar in aschulilo. So we'll say it could very well be that according to Rebbe we say like this. In reality, any project that you began before erev Pesach, you are permitted to finish on erev Pesach. Again, before chazos, assuming that you live in a place where they do malacha before chazos. Say if you started at erev Pesach. You could finish it on Erev Pesach before Chatzos. The Chiddush is that that applies to everything. Even something that is a Tzorah Chamoi, something that is necessary for Yom Tiv, all you have is a license for completion. You're permitted to complete the task, but you are not permitted to start anything new on Erev Pesach, even if what you want to start is what we call a Tzorah Chamoi, for the benefit or for the purpose or for the usage on Yom Tev itself. Incredible. Tashma, so we're not finished. Tashma, Reimer Omer, Komolaka, Shilitzarach HaMoed, Gomra Ba'ar Basar, any Malacha, so we'll say, this seems to be a bit more explicit, so the Bryce says, Reimer says, any Malacha, that is for the purpose of the Moed, for the purpose of Yom Tev, you are permitted to go ahead and finish it on Erev Pesach. V'she'in Lezarach HaMoed, but if it is not for the purpose of the Yom Tev, it doesn't have a Yom Tev purpose, then Aser, Aser, ultimately again, you're not allowed to do it. On Erev Pesach. Va'osin malacha ba'arvid p'sachim ad chatzos. You can do malacha on Erev Pesach up until midday. B'makom shenagu. Only in a place where that's the minag. However, makom shenagu, nakom shenagu in, lo nagu, lo. So we'll say that's only, so again, going back to the idea that malacha on Erev Pesach in general before chatzos is dependent on minag ha'makom. We'll say, what do you see from here? Ushmamina, l'tzara chamoid in, so therefore, Abose, it turns out that according to Rabbi Meir, the halacha is as follows. Well. Meir, number one, Abose, and this is Rabbi Meir, Lishitaso the whole way through. Number one, Rabbi Meir says, that everyone will agree that malacha after chatzos on Erev Pesach is Asr. What about malacha before chatzos? Rabbi Meir will say, totally dependent on whatever local custom is. Rabbi Meir says in our Mishnah here, that on Erev Pesach, if you have an open project, in other words, if you began something before Erev Yom Tiv, the 13th or before, you are permitted to finish it on Erev Pesach. But says the Gemara, when is that you're permitted to finish it on Erev Pesach? Only if the project is what we call Litzorech HaMoed. Only if the project is for, you, is, is for use on Yom Tiv. It's for Yom Tiv purposes. But if the project you're working on has no yumtiv use, then ultimately, again, even though you began it before Erev Pesach, you may not complete it on Erev Pesach itself. Good. So we'll say that three craftsmen are permitted to go ahead and operate on, on Erev Pesach. Remember again, those were the tailors, the barbers, and the launderers. So says the Gimara, says the Gimara Tana, Ha-chayotin, now said, this is actually quite fascinating. Let me just say this outside before. Essentially, what we're going to see is these three craftsmen have a license to operate on chalamaid. As we're going to see, in general, you can't get your clothing tailored, you can't take a haircut, right? And you can't launder on, on chalamaid. But there are exceptions to that rule. 
There are exceptions to that rule. So since there are exceptions to that rule, and these individuals can operate technically on Chalamai under certain circumstances, I will say, Erev Pesach can't be more Chamer than Chalamai. So therefore, since they can operate on Chalamaid, we allow them to operate on Erev Pesach as well. So watch what the Gemara says. So the Gemara says, So we'll say, so remember again, an individual, let's say I have a tear in my clothing, I can't take it to a craftsman, but Lamaisa, I can go ahead and stitch it up myself on Chalamaid. So since there is a license for someone to stitch up their clothing on Chalamaid, therefore the tailors can operate on Erev Pesach. So the Gemara says, Has what about the barber? Vakovsin, first wide line of both days. listen to this. If somebody came back, let's say somebody was on a long journey, right? And they came back on Erev Pesach and they didn't have time to get a haircut or to launder the clothing on Erev Pesach or someone was released from prison, someone was released from prison and ultimately again, and ultimately he didn't have time, he was released right before Yom Tiv, on Chalamaid, he is permitted to get a haircut. And on Chalamaid, remember again, the prohibition to get a haircut on Chalamaid or to shave on Chalamaid was based on Chazal's concern that if you get a, if we allow you to get a haircut or shave on Chalamaid, you won't what? You won't what? You won't properly groom yourself for Yamtiv. There, same thing with laundering clothing. If we're afraid, if you don't do it, if you don't, right, a person will say, listen, you know, at the end of the day, I have time on Chalamaid, I'll just do it then. So therefore, when you have situations where people were faced with extenuating circumstances and didn't have the chance to properly groom themselves or to launder their clothing, they are permitted to get a haircut, shave, or launder their clothing. So because these individuals can operate on Chalamaid, obviously in, in, a, in, a, in a limited circumstance, therefore, Allah Chalamaid said, say we permit them to go ahead and operate on Erev Yamtiv as well. Now, Rabbi Yosef Yehuda says he included, and I will say, Angel of the Chachamim didn't include shoemakers. Rabbi Yosef Yehuda says also shoemakers. Listen to this, well, it's incredible. She can only regale metakin ma'alein b'chaloshoi. Rabbi Yosef, because listen to this, shoemakers were definitely open on Chalamaid. Why, Rabbi Yosef? Remember, you had Klaudi Yisrael converging upon Yerushalayim. There was Aliyah the Regal. So, Bipashtos, somebody lost their soul. S-O-L-E, right, right, don't say sorry, somebody went ahead and, you know, oh, so stuff happens, stuff happens. So the shoemakers were definitely open on Chalamaid, and therefore again, Halo Chalamaisa, Rabbi Yosef includes them as well. So the Gemara says, why don't the Chachamim include, why don't the Chachamim include shoemakers in their list? Well, this is very interesting. Mar Savar, Lameidin Tchilas Malacham Isof Malacha. So we'll say, so interestingly enough, if you look at Rashi, Rashi says, Tchilas Malacha, Ratzana Sha'osin Mina Alam. So we'll say, listen to this. Now we'll say, we'll say like this. Since the shoemakers are permitted to repair shoes, ultimately again, so we'll say, I want to point out, Bizmana Gimara, shoemakers didn't just repair shoes. They also what? They also what? They also made shoes. So Rabbi Yusuf Rehud will say like this. Once the shoemaker is permitted to be open on Chalamaid to repair shoes, we also allow him to be open on Erev Pesach to make shoes. So that's what it means. Lemeidin tchilasan misofan. We learn out literally the, the beginning from the end. Since on Chalamaid they have a license to repair, 
Therefore, Rav say Erev Pesach can't be more chamer than Chalamayid. And therefore, again, if they're, if they're permitted to be open to repair on Chalamayid, we let them remain open on Erev Pesach until Chatzos to go ahead and make shoes. And the Chum say, no, we don't learn that out. Just because they're permitted to be open on Chalamayid to repair, at most you would say that they're permitted to be open on Erev Pesach to repair, but not to go ahead and make brand new shoes. And what's the incredible? Says the Mishnah, Moshiv and Shovchin, Latana Golan Biyodalid. So it's an interesting case. You could put you could put a chicken or eggs underneath a hen. I will say obviously that the the, the, the the eggs need to sit underneath a hen in order to ultimately fully develop. So on Erev Pesach you can put you could put eggs underneath the hen in order for for the for the eggs to mature. If a chicken ran away, in other words, it ran away from its eggs, you could bring it back to its eggs. Well, so this ultimate Erev Yamtiv. So remember again, even though we said, no malachan Erev Yamtiv, you're permitted to do this. And if the hen died, the hen that was sitting on the eggs died, you could bring another hen to sit on the eggs. If an animal is in, its, uh, is in its stable and there's a lot of manure that's there, you can go ahead and remove the manure from underneath the animal on Erev Pesach. On, on, on Yamtiv, or really on Chalamayid, not Yamtiv, but on Chalamayid, you don't remove the manure. Instead, what you just do is you shovel it to the side. I will say, you can go ahead and take utensils and bring home utensils from the home of the craftsman, even though those utensils are not necessarily, are not necessary for Yamtiv itself. So it says, we'll say, let's analyze all these cases. So we'll say, I don't if you tell me that you could put a hen on top of the eggs on Erev Pesach, then certainly what? If the hen runs away, you could bring it back. Why do I need that second case? If you tell me that I could put the eggs underneath the hen or put the hen on top of the eggs, then certainly if the hen runs away, I could bring it back and put it back on the eggs. To which the Gemara says, No, that's second case. That second statement, Rabbi said that you, if the hen ran away, you could bring it back. Is actually talking about Chalamaid. So Amrav Huna Loshono So remember again, what it's saying is on Chalamaid, if the hen ran away, then ultimately again you could bring the hen back to put it on top of the eggs. And I both say, just so you appreciate this, Rashi says over here, Becholo Shomoid Kamar, Vachi Kamar, Moshiv and Shov Khan Biodalavatanagolum Shabak, Becholo Shomoid, Machzirno Sam, Mishum Hafsid Baitsim. The Davra Avad Mutra. Both say, remember again, as much as you're not allowed to do Malacha and Chalamaid, you are allowed to engage in Malacha for the sake of what we call Davar HaAvod. If you are going to go ahead and encounter a significant loss, then Halacha, well, we'll actually we'll discuss about significant and insignificant. But if you're going to encounter a loss, you could do Malacha. So both say, so, whereas normal circumstances, I would say that if the hen runs away, you leave it. But again, because if you don't bring back the hen, the eggs are going to be lost, then in other words, they won't mature, you'll lose out on the eggs. Halacha you could bring back the hen on Chalamaid. To which the Gemara qualifies this. That's only true if you're getting the hen within three days after it's run away. Because apparently if you catch the hen within three days, it's still warm. Literally, tzimra, lopaktsimra means the fire, the warmth did not evaporate. So apparently, a hen runs away from its eggs, but you catch it within three days, it'll once again, the, 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 the proper lotion over here is brooding. It will once again engage in the brooding process. It'll sit on top of the eggs. However, the achar shloshali shivasa and furthermore, again, we're talking about a case where the chicken has already been sitting on the eggs for three days, where if the chicken does not go ahead and come back, 
the eggs will be lost. But if again, the chicken ran away more than three days ago, the literally again, its warmth is gone, which means it's not going to sit back on top of the eggs again. Or let's say again, the chicken ran away within three days, meaning it has not sat on the eggs for a full three days, where the mice again, the eggs will not be fully lost. Under those circumstances, we will not bring back the chicken. Because we'll say, apparently, that would not be as dramatic of a loss. Rabbi Ami says, no, even if the chicken ran away within the first three days after it was sitting in the eggs, we still bring the chicken back. But my camera, figure out what are they arguing about? follows. Let's, let's assume for a moment that there is a license to do malacha on chalamaid for the sake of saving one from a loss. The shayla is, what type of loss are you permitted to do malacha for? So one opinion says, only for a hefzid merubah, dramatic loss. But for a hefzid muat, a smaller loss, you can't do malach. Whereas the other opinion says, no, even for a hefzid muat, even for a small loss, ultimately, again, you're permitted to do malach. A good garfin. So I'll say, so remember again, the Mishnah said that on Erev Pesach, you could remove, you could shovel out the manure from the stable of the animal. But on chalamai, you don't shovel it out. Instead, you just shovel it to the side. Says the Gemara Tanra, Baran Azeva Shabbat 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 but manure that's in the stable or in the chatzar, you take it out to the garbage dump. So both say it's contradictory. At first you said that any manure that's in the chatzar, you just move it to the side. And then you said that if there's manure in the chatzar, you move it out to the garbage dump. So which one is both say? If there's manure in the chatzar, do you move it to the side or can you move it or can you remove it to the garbage dump? Oh. We'll say two different time frames. One is talking about Erev Pesach. One is talking about Cholamayid. On Erev Pesach, you are permitted to t- remove, to remove the manure from the chazer to the garbage dump. On Cholamayid, you can't remove the manure, but you can move the manure. What can you do? Essentially, you could shovel it to the sides so that it's not occupying the entire space of the chazer. Rav Rav says, no, hava hava chalamayid. Both are talking about Cholamayid. Vachi kamar. In Nas is Chatzakirefes, Motsinos of the Ashra. I will say rather, so Rabbi Kamazogi says they could both be referring to Chalamite. And even on Chalamite, even on Chalamite, if the Chatzar became like a stable, right? If the Chatzar itself ultimately again became so overrun with manure that it's like a stable, that Enochinami, under those circumstances, you are permitted to go ahead and remove it to the garbage dump, even on Chalamite. Good. Maulichin Kilim Ravim Beso. I'm supposed to bring in the Mishnah said that Allah Chalamaisa, you could take utensils and bring utensils from the base or from the house of the craftsman, even though you don't need those utensils for. The purpose of Yamtiv says the Gimara Amarat Papa Badiklan Rava. Rava did some research for us. Tanan we learn Molikinovin Kilimbesa Uman our Mishnah said that you can go ahead and take you can take utensils and you can bring home utensils from the home of the craftsman on Erev Pesach. On Erev Pesach, even though what? The I don't need these utensils for the purpose for Yamtiv. Or Minu, is that true? The price says, in Mavin Kilimbesa Uman, you're not allowed to bring home utensils from, from the base Ha'uman. 
Bepashtos, again, assuming if you don't need it for Yamtiv. Vim Choshishlahem, Shema Yignavu, but if you're concerned that if you leave them by the base Uman, maybe they're going to be stolen. Right, go ahead and we, we find you can pick them up from the base of Uman, but don't bring them to your house, put them in a different chatzar. And we explained, it's not a contradiction. Rabbi two different cases. Our Mishnah is talking about Chalamaid, right? Our Mishnah I'm sorry, I'm sorry. Our Mishnah is talking about Erev Pesach. So we'll say, what's the halacha on Erev Pesach? On Erev Pesach, you could take whatever you want to the craftsman and bring back to your house anything you want from the craftsman. And this is talking about even utensils that I don't need for yomtiv. That That's fine. On Cholamayr, say we're not taking stuff to the craftsman and we're not picking stuff up from the craftsman. And if you're afraid that by leaving it at the craftsman's house, it's going to get stolen, that's fine. You could pick it up from the craftsman, but you can't bring it home. You can instead deposit it at a different secure location. The other possibility is both not contradiction. say could be one is a case where you trust the craftsman, and one is a case where you don't trust the craftsman. I Tanya we learned you could pick up utensils from the craftsman's home, like for example, a jug from the jug maker, a glass cup from the glass maker, but you can't pick up wool from the dyer, nor utensils from the craftsman. So in these last two cases of kalim and wool, the assumption is that these utensils have no purpose on chalamayid. Vim but I will say, what happens if the craftsman ha- doesn't have any money? So I will say, I want to pay the craftsman because this way, again, he'll have sufficient means to support himself. No sinoscharo, pay him. Umanicho etzlo, believe the utensils by him. But if you don't trust him, the craftsman, leave the utensils by him. Ultimately, pick up the utensils and deposit them in a different house. Not in your own house, but in another house. And if you're concerned, ultimately, again, that maybe the utensils will get stolen. You could actually pick it up and you could bring it home and deposit it in your own home. To which the Gemara says, that's fine, but Taratzta Mevian. You explain the case of picking up utensils, molichin kashya, but going ahead and taking it to the base of Uman still is, is still his contradiction. Diktani ein mevian. Bryce says you're not allowed to bring it to the base of Uman. The koshkein de molichin ella mechabarta kiddishaninan meikara. Rather says the Gemara. Our initial explanation seems to be clear. Namely, I will say that what that is two different cases. Our Mishnah is talking about the 14th of Nisan erev Pesach. Whereas the Braisa was talking about ultimately again on Pesach itself, or on Cholamayr, I should say. And therefore, I will say two different halachas. When it comes to Erev Pesach, I will say, you could take whatever you want to the Uman, and you could pick anything you want up from the Uman. Whether that utensil is for the purpose of Yamtib, not for the purpose of Yamtib, it doesn't make any difference, right? Halacha Lemaisa on Erev Pesach, again, I will say, there's a simple reason for this. Why? Because the act of taking something or picking something up from the Uman is not what? Is not what? It's not Malacha. It's not really Malacha, right? And again, when we talk about Malacha, we're talking about dynamic activities over here. The act of taking or picking up is not really... So therefore, again, essentially what the Mishnah is saying is, Halacha Lemaisa on Erev Pesach, you could... Pick up or take, you could drop off or pick up whatever you want from the Uman. say, now again, we're not getting into the halachas, which aren't interesting halachas very quickly, about, you know, general, when you drop off an item to be serviced, 
on Erev Shabbos, Erev Yamtiv, there are other associated halachas potentially about the Amir. We're not talking about that now. We're just talking from a malachat context. You could drop off and pick up whatever you want on Erev Pesach. On Chalamaid, there's a whole number seven. There's a whole different set of halachas. Right? They both say, on Chalamaid, ultimately, again, on Chalamaid, potentially, there are certain things you could drop off, certain things you could pick up, but halacha lamais, again, you are much more limited. All right, they both say, yeah, we're, again, just to point out, this is not the Sergei of Chalamai. That, that's why we're not really getting too into this right now. But Halach again, our Sergei, or our discussion, is really limited, Halach to Erev Pesach. And we'll say, Yashikayach, Ablat Nehantri, Baruch Hashem, Lemir Tzachat, Pika Vata Mishnah tomorrow. Good morning. Um, 